0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: I want to hear it? cannons.
0: Three-step drop, goes on the end zone. Oh, ball! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Here they go again, Tim Bobo dropping the throw once without a got those to the left. It's intercepted at the 35. Outside the numbers to the 40,
1: to the 35, to the 30, to the 25, to the 20, to the 15-10. Mike Edwards, touchdown Tampa Bay. That's the dagger, my friend. This is the big nasty, yeah,
2: big nasty all Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You
1: ain't listening. You're missing out! Woo! And then the
2: cannons go! Fire them. Keep on fire them. Keep on firing. Hello and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. I am your host, as always, right Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BoxNation.com, Mr. Evan Wanish. Joining us today as well, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, Sean King. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 6-8. And And, uh, another week, another loss for our dear old Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's the same old song and dance after all these weeks. Still first place in the NFC South, a division that nobody seems to want to win. But today, I do think we want to take some time and recap an incredibly disappointing loss against the Cincinnati Bengals. A game that was 17-0. And you know, they say a lot of times, if something feels like it's too good to be true, it usually is. And I got to tell you, when we were in that stadium and the Bucks were up 17 to nothing, it felt like almost instantly Cincinnati kind of snapped out of it, got over their own mistakes, and, and started to execute their offense a little bit better, even though they didn't have a huge day as far as offensive production goes. We'll talk about that as well. Um, yeah, I don't know how to describe it, man. I mean, just one of the fastest 180s I've ever seen. In all of my years of watching Buccaneer football, uh, I don't even remember the final score off the top of my head. Tampa Bay did get one more touchdown before it was all said and done, so I think 23 is what they had, but the Bengals had well over 30 points. Unanswered. Where do you want to start, Evan? How do you guys feel about this?
1: Well, to me, you know, uh, the Bengals didn't win this game. Uh, The Bucks lost it. Um, You know, to to me, I mean, the the Bengals' offense – yeah, like they couldn't move the ball, really. It's just, you know, there's only not many offenses are going to fail when they have uh, basically five tries, you know, in their own red zone, basically. Like not many offenses, like they're going to end up, you know, turning them into points. Um, so the Bucks basically gave the game away, uh, you know, and and I think all year we've talked about coaching, and I, I've criticized the coaching staff, and many people have as well, but you can't pin that on on coaching here. Uh, because that's not a play calling issue Or there's some things that changed from the first half to the second half. Yes. We can talk about that eventually, but that turnovers are execution, like turnovers are absolutely execution. Uh, I, four of the turnovers, um, you know, obviously Tom Brady involved in all four, I think three were probably his fault. The, the second interception when his arm got hit, and then literally the ball is just flying up in the air and the Bengals player fell down and the ball just so happened to land right in his lap. Uh, that's some bad luck right there, but a bad throw to break um, the fumble. And then the, the fumble exchange with Leonard Fournette, that's not on the coaches at all. So, in, you know, it, we talk about the execution and I don't think the coaching staff has done a good job this year, but this is just another example. of When we talk about that execution, not being there, this is the prime example of, of that type of game. And this, that's what happens.
0: Uh, <clears throat> I've probably been the only person at least that I've heard. that's kind of defended the coaching staff throughout the course of the year. You know, it's kind of been like, a. Uh, Probably behind the scenes roar at first with the like the media that covers the Bucks and the fan base, and you know it's been public for weeks now. And what you said is why I have not placed the blame at the feet of Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich. When you have a team like Tampa, and this is probably the most frustrating part, there are some teams like if the Houston Texans don't make plays in the fourth quarter, who am I mad at? Like who on that roster am I upset with? Like, the, the frustrating thing for me with Temp is why can none of our high-profile, big-name guys step up and swing the momentum back our way? Mm-hmm. Like, why when it starts to slide downhill does it become like an avalanche and it just keeps going downhill? Like, that's the part that's frustrating. And, you know, the first turnover, I think the punt, the fake punt, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Gio knew or where the music communication was. That was the first one, right? Yeah, te- technically
2: not a turnover, but it, it's a turnover. Like, and and uh, right. Bowles came out and said Gio was aware he was getting the ball, but I guess there was some miscommunication. Uh, he didn't really might, want to might talk been about misti-
1: it. Might, it might have been a mistimed snap or something.
2: Things know. got a
0: little off yeah, the, reason the I,
2: media scrum, too. I don't
0: care about yeah, that. Yeah, I saw it afterwards. The only reason I brought it up, because I was going to make a point, you can't blame that. I mean, here's a guy, Gio, for whatever reason, injury, I'm not really sure what's going on behind the scenes. He was brought in to fill a role. He has no role offensively for Tampa, like mm-hmm. you know what the fumble between Fournette, the interceptions, you know, come on. Why why can none of our game guys make a play? Like spite of all the turnover, like it's still a manageable game and all of a sudden the defense can't make a tackle on third down. Like no one can play you know Burrow throws the ball and two people miss and gets first down on like third and sixth. And it's just so frustrating because you're looking at all of these big name guys and it's like no one's playing up to their resume. And for me, that's the frustrating part.
2: And let's talk about while the offense was actually you know probably the best they would played all year in, in that first half uh, oh, easily. <laughs> yeah i mean on both sides of the ball we saw the buccaneers force a turnover get an interception take away from joe burrow on the offense early Our, too. yeah that tom early. brady and the offense were rolling they only came away with three points on the opening drive but you're going to take the points against a team like cincinnati and they come out the next drive they execute they go all the way down the field russell gage with an incredible catch in the corner of the end zone off of one hell of a throw like i don't know how much better you wanted them to do it. And just like we said, before you know it, it's 17 to nothing. And um, it's funny because the guy sitting next to me, he said this and it kind of planted the seed uh, because for the first time all season, we had seen the Bucks kind of get out ahead of a team early in the game. And honestly, one or two more scores maybe would have wrapped that thing up. You know, if if they were somehow able to make it 24 to nothing, it would have been next to, I mean, I hate to say next to impossible for Cincinnati to answer when you've got Ooh. Minnesota coming yeah. back 33 to nothing over <laughs> Jeff Saturday. But, um, you know, it was one of those things. He said, oh, 17 points, that's the most we're going to get out of this offense today. And we kind of laughed it off because we were feeling great. And then we watched uh, the execution of the defense at the end of the first half. We, we watched Cincinnati run the hell out of that two-minute drill, get all the way down the field. And granted, they only got three points. It was obviously three points that – we're going to be detrimental later on in the game. I think they got another field goal after that on the short field, which is where things started to unravel. It was that punt when the Bucks were up 17 to three. So let me ask you about the play call. I know we don't talk about oh, that's that's I, I, you I know the coaching
1: staff on that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know this game is not solely on the coaching staff. We've kind of covered that so far. But uh, what do you make of the play call in that situation? You're backed up incredibly deep in your own territory. It's like, what? Really? What do you have the gain on the first down right there?
1: Yeah, I um, I understand the process behind it. You know, because you want to keep your foot on the gas right there. That would have been a huge momentum swing right there. You went three and out. Oh no, it's a fake. You get the first down. You know, if you score a touchdown on that drive, make it twenty-four to three. Yeah, does Cincinnati come back from that? You know, so I get the process. However, it's a questionable decision when you're up and your defense. Besides that final two minutes, your defense was playing really well. It's not like your your defense was playing awful. Um, so yeah, I, I do think it's a questionable call in that moment. Uh, at that spot, if you're at the 50, OK, may- maybe you do it. But when you're backed up in your own territory like that, there's just there's too many things that can go wrong. So if there's one thing, actually, I would say probably two things, the two decisions that you could really criticize this coaching staff for was in the first half, uh, trying Ryan suck up from 50 yards. Um, to me, it, it's becoming clear you can't trust him anything over like 45, um, which is starting to going an issue. But to send him out there, and I believe it was a fourth and two or something or fourth and three, uh, to not go for that, and instead, you know, send him out there for, for the field goal. I didn't like that decision. And then obviously the decision to to run the fake punt, which is something we haven't we haven't seen that type of aggression from them all year, which is good to see. But at the same time, you would have liked that in a much different situation. And that was the the beginning of the end, essentially.
0: And I guess I look at it slightly different. I think the effectiveness was gonna come from it's not a decision you normally make with that field position. I mean, based on the blocking, it looked like it was wide open. Like it, it, yeah, it, the, it the miscommunication, work, yeah. I guess, was yeah, it was between uh, Geo and whoever was snapping the ball. Um, I get. It. I don't know what's going on with Sucker. Uh, I, I really wish at this point, with the way the offense does not seem to have its uh, past explosiveness, that they would start trying out some guys. I mean, the Chargers went and got Dicker like he was headed to a concert with his girlfriend. So I'm sure there's some some guys walking out that have a stronger leg than suck up because that's going to become a real issue. I,
2: you know, it's funny because we are in the late stages of the regular season, and I think for some teams, whether you have something to play for or not, you know, this is when you start to see them try some things out, whether it's in special teams or on offense. Like I remember a couple of years ago, the Bucs had John Franklin And he was sitting on the bench all year. And in the last three or four games, he was involved and everybody was incredibly excited about this guy. And that was just the coaching staff kind of trying some things out. We saw them try some things out with Devin Tompkins, who uh, has obviously come in and replaced Jalen Darden as the primary kick and punt returner, but he got an end around. And, you know, that was pretty cool to see because obviously Cincinnati's not coming into the game with any type of film on that. Maybe, maybe it's a little out of the ordinary to see him in the offensive personnel, but, That wasn't anything that they saw coming. And it showed to me that maybe they are trying to, you know, fit some, uh, fit some new things in this offense. But as far as special teams and as far as kicking goes, I wanted to draw this comparison, uh, late in the year, last year, we saw Bradley pinion attempt a couple of field goals from 50 plus yards away. I don't think he made any of them, but they tried it just because they were bored. And these games were a little different because they had a huge lead at home against the Carolina Panthers, but um, why not do something like that with Jake Camarda? This kid's clearly caught the leg. And, uh, you it's know. It's 50 I, it, yards, though. It, it, is not, 50, <laughs> it is 50 yards. But if you're going to try it with Bradley Pinion and have faith that he's going to do it, why not Why not Camarda? But uh, I think in that situation, I'm pretty sure that was like a, it was ripe of like two seconds left in the half.
1: Sure. Uh, I think it was like a 65 yarder um so like it, it, it's a little bit of a different situation if you can't trust your kicker to at least get it close on a 50 yarder like
2: well i mean as much as we as much now as much as we rally for our boy ryan Suckup, i'm probably still going to get a jersey at the end of the season uh, well, we know that we can't consistently trust him from 50 yards right you're gonna be you're gonna be you, you might need <laughs> that
1: jersey insurance from fanatics oh i to be on the team much longer Oh, oh, You think you think I mean, this is what, it? Oh, yeah, wow! It, it, yeah, that's it for that.
0: And normally, uh, I'll kick a kicker like Ryan, and this is kind of why I brought up, I wasn't like losing my bananas over them being aggressive on special teams because I feel like you evolve as a team from the start of the year, and when you are struggling offensively overall, I mean, when's the last time the Bucks put up thirty plus points on offense?
2: Kansas City, week
0: four. I yeah, mean, week four. Yeah, right. <laughs> you see, so I mean that's internally too, you know, maybe Todd goes that. To, hey, we got to be a little more aggressive. We got to try and steal a possession, you know, even though they're up against Cincinnati, we, we understand, you know, the talent that Cincinnati has on offense. Uh, I'm just saying moving forward. My opinion on Suckup is, you know, he has limitations distance wise. You have to have an alternative plan. Right. I mean, we don't want to get in a situation, you know, especially, as disgusting as we've been as a football team this year, some kind of way, we're still in first and maybe the worst division in the history of uh, the National Football League from top to bottom. We don't want to be in a situation come week 17, 18, whenever we play Carolina. And all of a sudden, this thing comes down to a 49-yard field goal, and we know we got no shot of the ball even getting there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, which again, you, know, so, you talk you talk about the aggressiveness though. It was fourth and three when they when they decided to go for that suck up field goal. So you're trying to be aggressive on the fake punt. Why not be aggressive in that situation as well to get the first down and potentially score a touchdown, which would have made it, I believe, a 17-and-nothing game at that point.
0: Maybe suck up had convinced him that he was injured or something and you know he was feeling healthy. I don't know, whatever the issue is, we've seen enough of it, right? Yeah. Even if it's getting a specialist. I mean, some teams just have a specialist that they use to kick from, you know, a certain distance. Yeah, I, I I said that because I was going to get to Darden as well. No offense to him. His entire tenure with the Bucks. when have you ever had him fielding a kick and you felt like we had a chance to run it back? Oh, yeah. no way. No, no, no way. Not, I mean, not, I yeah. Could... Like, I don't, I don't know why he was back there from the get-go. It was one of my pet peeves, you know, with the organization, the team. Like, why do we have somebody doing something? Obviously, his skill set is not that. Maybe he can get off press coverage. Maybe he can be a receiver for you in a slot. But like, he's not explosive. He doesn't make anyone miss. He doesn't even have great discipline on when to field the ball and when not to field the ball. And he has bad ball security. So why is he back there? So I was so glad when they finally put Tompkins, not saying Tompkins, i don't want to put all that pressure on him, but at least he makes you feel like okay, a twenty-yard return is possible,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it, he did. He had what? He had the um, like the longest kickoff return that they've had in in, in a decade,
2: like ten years or decade, whatever, yeah, 50, like last week. I think it was fifty-three yards last week. I don't think anyone has done that. And I remember that there was a time. Uh, because i've gone on this rant before on the show the kickoff return touchdown is my favorite play in football i think it's the most exciting thing that can happen in a game i just think it's awesome because it never happens right you tell
1: that to the jacksonville fans who just witnessed the game ending pick six <laughs> and tell me that a kickoff return is the the most exciting play in football
0: <laughs> and, and my thing is my thing is not about a guy running it back but it's a guy demonstrating that he has the ability and skill to potentially run Run it back back. yeah and I just felt like I've never seen Darden feel the kick and I was like oh he's explosive oh he's gonna Mm -hmm. change he's gonna make somebody miss oh he's gonna run through he's gonna get six more yards than he's supposed to and I I don't want to attack him but I've never felt like that when he's been our returner Mm -hmm.
2: yeah hey listen we've talked a lot about this season um, and the Buccaneers not really being able to find the end zone and score a lot of points as far as their offense goes. You want to know how bad the offensive woes are for Tampa Bay? The Bucks scored 21-plus points at home yesterday, and they gave everyone free tickets to Busch Gardens, which I'm going to be honest with you, that seems like a pretty premium prize for only 21 points at home for an offense that averaged 30 points per game last season. But I do want to talk about the elephant in the room before we break down this game some more. Sean what did you make of Tom Brady uh 30 for 44 on the day 312 yards three touchdowns two interceptions and some other turnovers as well um I mean not a strong day but it it good half it felt yeah felt like that first (laughs) half again was the best we have seen this offense all season so so what do you make of what happened in the second half and, and just how things fell apart
0: Father time's undefeated, guys. I keep telling y'all ah, that. Tell that to the first uh, half. So here's what here's what I feel like. To, and, and I'm always very cautious and careful when I evaluate Tom. And I want people to understand when they tune into our podcast or they see these clips, I'm strictly talking about his performance this year. Mm-hmm. This isn't a career evaluation. This is me saying Tom's never been a plus athlete. So he's older now. So that average athleticism is even diminished more. He's never had a transcendent arm. He's never been elite arm talent. He's been a guy that combined football IQ, composure, uh, plus arm talent, but not elite. Mm-hmm. And he's gotten it done in the in the big moments. So now you see he's like a, a pitcher, a starting pitcher that you gotta make a middle reliever. He's not able to come in there and and, and hit a hundred on all his fastballs through the first six, seven innings of the game till you get to the bullpen. Like he's he's slowing down in front of us, but he's on a team that needs him in his prime. Cause he's not getting consistent protection. Yet because he's not a great athlete, because you get older, you're a little more wary of some of the kind, he looks uncomfortable in a lot of situations where the pocket isn't clean. And I think at this point for him to really drive the ball, his fundamentals from his waist down have to be right. He has to be able to step into the throw, get great torque. And when you don't have great protection, I don't think you get that a lot. And so that's why I think you see a lot of balls that don't spiral, that don't seem like they're they're, they're thrown with great velocity. And I don't know if I have the answer. You know, I, I really don't. It, Because it takes an off-season to improve your O-line. Look at the Bengals. Bengals gave up, what, 60-plus sacks last year. Yeah, they spent the entire off-season retooling that O-line. Free agency, you know, they made some changes. Now, look how much better they are in protecting Burrow. So maybe it's something that can happen in the future. As it pertains to Tom, and this year, I don't see how this problem gets fixed. It's not like you can go – QB run on third and fourth, like him, we get an extra hat. You know what I mean? Hey, I, like, bet, I, kinda, I bet. you. Right. I, I bet you. If they do, <laughs> they
2: certainly won't see it coming. So I think they have a right. fighting chance.
0: <laughs> so, 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 like you're in this dilemma. You have the greatest quarterback ever, but he's at a diminished point in his career. Yet you're surrounded him with the most inconsistency of his entire tenure with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. And whether you want to put that all on the changes on the O line, if you want to put that over. Even though Chris Godwin had a great series, I mean, he doesn't look as explosive as he did pre-injury. I told you guys since the beginning of the year, Mike Evans having more trouble separating now. You know, we finally got Russell Gage back. He looked pleasant surprise. You know, maybe that helps us. But I just think we're seeing it happen. And because the Bucs, they got Super Bowl tone right off the beginning. You know what I mean? It's like you're a single man and you meet a woman and she tells you, you know, she owns half of Dubai. And and you realize she was talking about the Dubai Projects off of uh, Bush, you know, right behind Bush Gardens. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're in this spot. But, I, I mean, I'm hoping that they can find a way, and he's got a couple games, but I'm not optimistic, guys, that this is going to look much different. Here's the, it happened here's with the, Drew Brees. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I, I think Drew Brees' fall was a little bit more – See, here's the thing. I, I like Drew Brees towards the end, like in that Bucks game, that playoff game, like he couldn't even throw like beyond ten yards.
2: Yeah, it was pretty like, evident.
1: Like, like Brady, I think, like you said, Sean, you know, he's never had a rocket arm. It's a good arm, but it's it's not it's not a great arm. And the the thing you bring up about the athleticism is interesting because one of the reasons that Brady doesn't get sacked so much. Yeah. He gets the ball out quick, but he's also really good in the pocket of avoiding pressure, not really with his legs so much, but his, his movement inside that pocket. And sometimes, you know, Hey, you're 45, you know, you you might be a a second slower, maybe a half second slower, but I, I think we can all agree, you know, Brady is not the same Brady that he was in 2020 and 2021. It's, it's, not the same player. However, I still believe he is a good player. Um, and is he is he the in same spots. player? Is he the same player? In no, spots. he's not. Um
0: yeah, he, he, in, in spots, but, but, Evan, but again, he's a good like, player. In spots, like, in spots I, not overall. I, he's I not know, he's what, not going to the he's not going to the Pro Bowl this year. Statistically I, is having never. his worst season that we've seen in a long time, and it's not a knock on his career. Look at the the only reason. The, the right. only reason that we aren't saying they should blow this whole thing up and, and try and get some draft picks is because the rest of the division is so terrible. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I agree. <laughs> if, with you. if there if there was a ten and three component to the NFC South, we would be talking about trading Tom. We'd be talking about trying to get some draft picks. Like our conversation would be completely different.
2: Well, let me. Let me ask you both this and we can kind of, you know, change the topic into what this offense is going to look like these final few weeks of the season. You know, I think we can also all come to the agreement that in the first half, it was the best we have seen the offense look all year. And Tom Brady can make all those throws still like he can make the throws needed for this offense to play the best they have all year. And yeah, it's not 2020. It's not 2021 averaging 30 per game, but it's getting the job done. And for at least a little while, it held the the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, to zero points through two quarters and the bucks were up 17. So I guess, where do they go from here? Because I look at that first half and I have to think, you know, the, the tiny speck of optimism that I still have is like, they can find a way to take that half and somehow stretch that game plan into four quarters. I know it obviously doesn't always work that way, but do you not get the idea that maybe they can try and do that a little bit more consistently now? Because that's – I mean, I feel like that's the longest we have seen this offense consistently run well outside of games like Germany.
0: Well, he had the one drive where all the passes went to Russell Gage. Then he had the other drive where all the passes went to Chris Godwin. And they were targeting – They they got Mike Evans involved. Yeah, they were
2: also targeting Mike Evans a hell of a lot in the first Uh, half too. He had close to 80 yards at halftime.
0: So maybe, you know – we're starting to get completely healthy at receiver, maybe. if you want to find like the light at the end of the tunnel, you know that's the first time that we can say that Mike Evans, uh, Russell Gage, and Chris Godwin had a great game all in the same game. So if you're looking for optimism, that's it. Um, still think we got some major issues from pass pro standpoint, specifically on third downs. Uh, whatever we're doing schematically, teams seem to have a great feel for how to get pressure in Brady's face and make him uncomfortable. So I I don't know if the answer is adding a tight end in those situations, Uh, keeping the back end, you know, having one less eligible, you know, but we've got to figure out a way I think to be more efficient on third down. That's where I would start. And if you want optimism, that's it. Gage, Godwin, Evans all have pretty good games.
1: Yeah. And then to me, and like I said, I just, and to me, one of the reasons you can be optimistic is because it wasn't, So the Bucks, every possession they had in the first half, it ended with a chance to score. You know, they they scored three times, and they Ryan Suggs missed the field goal. So they were moving the ball every single time they had it in that first half. And that's what made you optimistic because of the process, you know, Tony Romo was talking on the broadcast about all the motion and the amount of play action they were doing. And, you know, the the first down passes instead of runs and like, I, we've talked about how that stat, like it's overblown. That's more, you know, of like an eye thing um, that your eyes kind of lie to you. Like you think they run the ball every first down, but they actually don't. Um, But like the process was good. Right. And Brady looked good. And it was looking like, the offensive old, even, you know, a lot of intermediate throws, um, the screens, the Godwin obviously worked for a touchdown. Uh, they were running the ball efficiently when they were able to get in short yarded situations, they were converting them and and, and it, it looked good. And I think that's the reason for optimism, but they just, they went away from it in the second half. And we, and we got to talk about the, the whole second half now, um, because I think that's, that's what everybody wants to talk about because that's, that's really the third quarter. I mean, they, they, they had one horrible quarter that completely wrecked the game. Um, if they play average in that third quarter, they might win the game, but they just played so bad and ruined their chances to win. Um, I, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen what uh, four, five, four? Stri- five straight drives. That that either ended in a turnover, basically turnover, because technically that muff punt wasn't a turnover because the Bengals didn't recover it. Five, so it wasn't five a turnover.
2: turnovers in four and a half minutes, it seemed.
1: Basically, it, it felt like it. And I mean, you know, I don't put it on the defense at all. You're putting your defense in such a tough spot against a good offense. Yeah, like they're going to score, you know, after, after that muff punt. The, the the Bucks were, were were lucky to the defense only gave up a field goal. It's still 17 to 6 at that point. You're like, all right, then there's the pick. You're like, okay, the T. Higgins touchdown. And then it's 17 to 12. You're like, okay. After all that, though, they still have a five-point lead. If they can just even kick a field goal here, nope, you know, there's a fumble, and then there's a touchdown, and then there's a, a fumble. And it just it was so insane to me just how quickly it transpired. I'd never seen anything like it um i have never seen a quarter that and that's probably the worst quarter i've seen from any team in a very very long time i've been watching the Bucs for over 10 years the the, the bucks we're talking about the, here and
2: that's the worst quarter <laughs> the the benny hill theme is playing in my oh head my just thinking about it you know what i mean just the way things fell apart it was almost comedic by the end of it it felt like it 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 would not stop it's like the Ron Burgundy thing. Like, oh, that, that escalated quickly. Like,
1: it just it it just snowballed. And it was hard to believe. You were like, okay, how are they going to turn the ball over here? You're saying it like it was like a joke. All right, how are they going to turn it over? And there it was. It was a different way each time. Um, you know, and then I believe it was before the, the Brady fumble where he got sacked, Gage drops the ball, which would have been a first down. The next play was third down. Brady got sacked and fumbled. It just – everything just completely crumbled for them down the stretch and the one play they they had a bunch of drives right okay so the muff punt the pick the fumble the fumble the pick and then Kamara punted then last drive of the game they literally they scored a touchdown if they didn't turn the ball over they scored a touchdown basically so it it was just i never seen anything like it it was i was like this is like crazy i was like are they, are they doing this on purpose like it, it almost seemed that way and it's uh like i said the Bengals have to come out of, like, the bucks still out gained them in yards and everything like the Bengals have to come out of that game feeling like pretty fortunate that like the, their defense was and like their defense played better but like the Bucks also just didn't execute at all
0: yeah it was interesting uh they were up 17-3 they gave up 31 unanswered yeah <laughs> you don't see that you don't. And and do do? really, when they scored with fifty two seconds left, I don't know why they went for two. I yeah, mean, Mathematically, I, I, that didn't make any that didn't make any sense to me either. I'm like, are we living in some kind of alternate like reality here? What what's going on? Right. Yeah,
1: it, it would have made it. It would. I understood. Would have been a nine made point eight game. Point, yeah, if it would have made an eight point uh, game, okay, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, nine point game. I don't know. I don't
2: know. Now I, I know yeah, we talked about. I know we talk about execution and we've been finding some silver lining today with some players who played well. I thought the defense, you know, the the title of our game preview show was can the shorthanded Bucks stop Joe Burrow? And it seemed like they did that. Just like you said, it's hard to blame the defense for most of what happened on Sunday because of the short fields that, you know, Cincinnati was given. But Carlton Davis played one of the best games of the season in the absence of Jamel Dean, right? Some other guys in that secondary have not been out there. This defensive line, when you're missing Shaq Barrett and you're missing Vita Veya and all of these other players, they're missing pretty much all of their outside linebackers. Joe Tryon Shoinka obviously was shaken up this week, but he gave it a go. Played I mean, well. I thought they played. I thought they played incredibly well, given the circumstances. And at the end of the year, I mean, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, we're going to look back at the Tom Brady era. And I think people are going to realize, I don't think this defense is ever going to get the credit it probably deserves for the year that they are having. Because while we talk about the lack of takeaways, we talk about, you know, they haven't been as explosive as 2020's defense was. Statistically, they have been so much better at just preventing offenses from scoring points. And that's going to win you games when you have an offense that can score points. So, you know,
0: I I brought that up a couple of weeks ago. Remember we were talking about? And I said, you know, when you look at what they've given up, I mean. They've been playing well enough to
2: win pretty much every week.
0: And and I guess what kind of keeps them in the bullseye is, one, from a turnover standpoint, they're not great in that specific area. So they don't have a lot of splash splash plays. And they just got to do a better job of tackling on third down. Mm -hmm. and. That's probably, that's probably the part that kind of frustrates people, whether it's right, wrong, fair, unfair. You know, you obviously see the offense is struggling. Yeah, you have a chance with time left, you know, on like three consecutive third downs to get somebody on the ground. Yeah. And, yeah, and they don't then, get it done. The
1: clock then, yeah.
0: You know, in any of those situations, now the clock's running. You know, now you're in, okay, we, we need a miracle mode because not only did you not get them off the field, you end up giving up more points as right. well. Yeah, but, uh, you know,
2: another thing as well, we talk about execution on the offensive side of the ball. On the defense, I know that we're giving them credit here. But the lack of turnovers, you do have to be a little frustrated because of the chances that they did have against Cincinnati. Let's face it, Sean Murphy bunting, you know, couldn't hang on to the football, would have had a sideline pick, couldn't do it. It's fine. Tricky he, catch, but got to catch. tricky catch. But it's in it's in your hands. You got to yeah, get yeah, it. And then the, the other time that I think of was uh, play action. Joe Burrow went for that little underhanded Pat Mahomes yeah, throw. Right. And there's three <laughs> defensive linemen and Levante David right there. And not none of them can come away with the football. I know it's tough. To be fair, yeah, you know, that's, that's but happening it, like that. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, like, it's it's. Uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and gripe about it. I still want to give the defense their credit, obviously, but just the chances that they had, like this is, you know, the process of them getting a little bit closer to plays that could potentially be turnovers. Well, the
0: one guy but they have to him. make, but they have to they have to make those plays. To whom much is given, much is required. Like, I'll be the first to tell you, when I was a rookie, I mean, there were some games on offense. I mean, we were trying to figure it out now. Yeah. And our defense, they didn't they didn't have to be good for us to be successful. It had to be great. Yeah. And, and so fair or unfair, like I hold those guys to such a high standard because I know the talent that they that exists over there. And, and in these kind of games, you gotta be great. Is that fair? Probably not, but it's reality. And this has like, been that's this what is, it is. You this know, has we, been we a great needed de- them Yeah, we needed them to get a turnover. Mm-hmm. We needed them to force a fumble, to get an interception. Like, to to make every play on third down and just keep giving it back to Tom and the offense, and hopefully they get it right. And they did it. Now, am I going to blame them for the game? No, but I'm going to point it out. The Bengals did score 31 unanswered. Like, we could have held them to field goals. We didn't have to give up four touchdown passes in those situations. You know, so if if I'm Coach Bowles, that's the conversations I'm having. You know, we're not going to sit over here and feel sorry for ourselves uh tom you guys gotta do better at the same time that's why it's a team like all it took was was one play by one of our superstars on defense to kind of change the whole momentum in the game
1: Mm -hmm. and 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 we didn't get it it. yeah and you're looking at everything i mean the fourth down i think that was people weren't talking about that enough of how critical jump
0: off sides yeah
1: yeah yeah. although Joe Burrow hundred percent. That's a false start. I mean, he moves his leg, but um, like I, I don't know why they didn't call that. But um the fourth down when Joe Burrow was sacked. I mean, I don't know why he doesn't throw the ball away, but he was sacked at midfield.
2: Uh, what and was it a loss of like twenty five yeah, yards? It was yeah,
1: ridiculous. And and Levante David gets called for for the hold. That one changed the whole game to me. Um, that changed the entire game. The Bengals ended up scoring a touchdown. Uh, the Bucks would have had the ball at midfield at that point. The Bucks were still up at that point. I think that call really was like the you know the death nail because that would have changed. You want to talk about momentum swinging right back that would have definitely swung the momentum right back in Tampa's favor. And when you get a penalty like that, it's just so deflating. So um, I didn't think the refs were very good on on Sunday, but when, when, you know, when you give up four straight turnovers, you don't get to complain about the refs too much. Um, But one, bright spot on the defense was Carlton Davis uh, who had his best game of the year, possibly of his career had that interception off of Keanu Neal deflection, which it was good to see them get the turnover early, right? On that first drive, make a splash play like that. Um, From next gen stats, he Carlton Davis aligned across from Jamar chase on 33 of 40 routes. Uh, That's an 83% shadow and he limited Chase to three catches on eight targets for 32 yards and had an interception. He forced five tight windows, which is tied for a second most of any wide receiver DB matchup this season. So, I mean, Davis did a great job against one of the best receivers in the NFL, and he'd like to see it a bit more consistently. And with Jamel Dean out, a guy like Davis needed to step up, and and, and he did that. It's just I was pretty disappointed – with with Levante David, I thought he was. I thought he might have had his worst game of the year. Uh, the the holding penalty, which was a little bit ticky tack. I think by rule it's a hold, but like I've seen that not called. Um, and then you know the missed tackles that he had, just like you were talking about, Sean. Uh, when they had a chance to get off the field, Levante they check it down. Levante would miss a tackle, the dude to get an extra three yards. Um, it was just small things like that. So I didn't think David was particularly good, but. Um, yeah, I thought if you're looking at one that really changed momentum, that that fourth down, um, that was just a, a killer. And, and I think, and, and you just what you talked about earlier. So you made a great point when you said it, it's like an avalanche. As soon as one thing goes wrong, it just keeps going. It just keeps going. Nobody can put a stop to it and push it the other way. Um, it just keeps going downhill. And I think yesterday was a perfect example of that. Uh, A perfect example, because uh, just like the Carolina game, the Mike Evans drop right in that Carolina game, the Donovan Smith hold against San Francisco, it just always seems like when one thing
2: happens, it just spirals and spirals and spirals and they can't get back there. So it was a great point you brought up earlier. So, the Buccaneers a little under a week away from playing on Christmas Day. That'll be in Arizona against the Cardinals, who lost our starting quarterback a couple of weeks ago. So And then and then lost Colt McCoy yesterday to a concussion. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, he's likely not going to play. So, it's likely uh, Trace McSorley, Penn state and Trace McSorley. I mean, he's uh, this guy's got a song written about him, and you're telling yeah. me he's not about to throw <laughs> 350, 400 yards on the Bucks next week just because um, – but looking at what the Buccaneers have left, you got Arizona and you got two division games. Those are going to be huge. Carolina and Atlanta. I think with a win over Carolina, they can pretty much salt this thing away, right? Uh, the Bucks. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um. Their,
2: their path to clinching?
1: Yeah. If, you know, you would it all depends so carolina lost to pittsburgh uh, then carolina plays detroit so assuming detroit beats carolina detroit's one of the hottest teams in the league right now assuming they they lose to 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 detroit um, whether the bucks win versus the cardinals or not which they should the cardinals are one of the worst teams in the nfl right now like i understand you struggle in a road it's you're going to west coast there isn't much of an excuse to lose that game. You how many, are, th- how many like, times have we said that this year, though? <laughs> but but they've they've struggled. But like this is like, I think the Cardinals are worse than the Panthers. They're worse than the Steelers. Like they are worse than some of these teams. Um, so like there is zero excuse to lose that game. Now, but if they do, they beat Carolina. Yeah, you're still in the driver's seat. Um and then, you know, that game versus Atlanta, though, might matter if Carolina can beat New Orleans the last game of the year. So uh, it wouldn't be over yet. But there is a scenario where the Bucks go one and two in their final three and still win the division. The only way they really won't win the division is if they go winless, which if that happens, uh, you're talking about major changes that need to happen here. So, uh so whether we like it or not, playoffs, here we come, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> it, it, I, I still think it's likely. Despite all the frustration, I still think they're going to, yeah, eventually. Because I don't think they're
2: going to go winless. Yeah. What do you think, Sean?
0: Man, all I know is I don't know what to think this year in the National Football League. Colts were up 33-0 to zero <sighs> at the half and lost outright. Um, How about Ma- through The Patriots threw the game away. I I don't know what's going on. It's some really bad football. I think uh, college, just big picture, is putting less and less educated talent into the National Football League. Like the kid, the guys are talented, but they lack football IQ. Like they lack, in in my opinion, overall. And and I think that's what you're starting to see. And hopefully, man, we can find a way to win this division. Um, I was more confident. Two weeks ago than I am now. You know, not necessarily because we lost to San Francisco and Cincy, but it was the way we lost. Right. I mean, we got wood shedded out in California and fell apart down in Tampa. So some soul searching has to happen. Man, hopefully we can find a way. The thing is, Dallas just lost to uh to the Jags. Jacksonville. Uh Giants beat the Commanders. I mean, so outside of Philly, it's not like the NFC just looks vaunting. Yeah, I mean, even though Minnesota came back, they were down 33-0 yeah. to, to, the to the a Colts. bad Colts so, team, yeah. <laughs> right. So it's not like there's, there's a whole bunch of fear involved, you know, as far as who we could potentially, you know, compete against. So we'll see. Hopefully they get it right, man.
2: Yeah, I can understand that viewpoint. And honestly, at the end of the day, I know that this is such a, a fan point of view to have because a bad football team is a bad football team. But at the end of the day, once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. You know, everybody's 0-0 zero and zero once you get to the postseason. So I think as long as the Bucks can make the tournament uh, with a good defense and Tom Brady on your roster, even though he's not the Tom Brady of two years ago, he still is the greatest of all time. And I just I, I feel like that's going to give you a chance until your season is over. So we will obviously see how things shake out. But ladies and gentlemen, with all of that being said, that's just about going to do it for this week's episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Sean, any last
0: words before we sign off here? shoot i don't know man i'm as frustrated as everybody else (laughs) give me some rest tonight hopefully see a good monday night game and and get ready for next week you know you gotta put this one behind you and you gotta come out and and, and you just gotta finish strong man just just, we're still in first let's win a game let's look good doing it let's get some positivity like i said nfc still is wide open outside of philly
2: just another week in first place uh, you guys can find you guys can find Sean King on Twitter at real King and Instagram at Coach Sean King. He's also the host of Vsin Prime Time Live Monday through Friday, six to nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Vsin Network. Where can people check that out again?
0: Uh, on YouTube Television, Hulu, uh, Fubo. Uh, also, you can download the Vsin app. That's V S I N, and you can listen for free or. Uh, for a small fee, I think it's like 4 or 5 bucks a month, you can uh, watch the uh, visual component as well.
2: Perfect. Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show and, of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Check out his written work at BucksNation.com. What have you got coming up this week? Uh, yeah, the all
1: the all the usual um, predictions review, uh, the three burning questions, which I just recently started, so I'm gonna be doing that this week, and then the the stock stock watch stock report, I guess, however you want to call it. Uh, I'm gonna be looking at some of the players. There's gonna be some. It'll be mixed because like it's just it's a tale of two halves.
2: So it it's, it'll be it'll be a nice little mix this week. Yeah, last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. We'll talk to you later this week with Trevor Sykema of Pro Football Focus. We'll get his thoughts on this Bucs team and much more. I'm your host, Rip Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish and Sean King. We'll talk to you guys in the next one. Until then, and as always, thanks for listening, and go Bucs.
0: Nice, nice.